Good morning. Let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. Lift up our voices this morning. What a fellowship, what a joy divine leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine leaning on the everlasting arms. Let's open up with a word of prayer. And then I actually have a Bible verse we're all going to say together. We're going to pop it up on the screen. We're going to say it together. But let's open with prayer first. Father in heaven, as we come together, as we lift you up and exalt you in song and in prayer, we ask that it would be your spirit that stirs our hearts and souls. Draw us near us unto yourself as we desire to draw near to you. We thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 
As we started out this year, I sent out a letter to our whole church family and I told them our verse for the year was John 4.23. And when you come in off the parking lot, we have a little banner right out here beside the uh, sidewalk with this verse. So let's all say this verse together this morning. We'll say the reference first. John 4.23. But the hour cometh and now is. When the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. And just want to remind you as we go throughout this year, God seeks those to worship Him. It's really, it's not as passive as we make it. Sometimes we make it, well, you know, am I going to go to church? Am I not? God is seeking those who will come and worship Him. So thank you for coming and worshiping Him this morning. Please be seated. I know that John's got some more points. Free, yes, he rose. 
let's lift up our voices again as we sing Jesus saves and you guys may remain seated as we lift up our voices Jesus saves and then open our eyes Lord hear the heart of heaven beating Jesus saves Jesus saves and the hush of mercy breathing Jesus saves Jesus saves hear the
with me if you would and turn to first chronicles chapter 16 in your old testament john just saying about the god of the ancient days and of course we're speaking of jehovah god the old testament god who in the new testament left heaven above came down born as jesus christ lived died buried rose again sits at the right hand of the father interceding for you and i dwelling within our hearts as the holy spirit so the God of the ancient days is the same God who dwells within our hearts and souls today. When we come back here to 1 Chronicles chapter 16, what we find is a text that is referencing the time of King David. And I'm going to give you just a little bit of background here. Um, King David had decided he has gone ahead and established his, his uh, capital there in Jerusalem. And he has decided it's time to bring the tabernacle to Jerusalem, to bring that, that centerpiece, the place of worship there to Jerusalem, the Ark of the Covenant. And so as we come down into chapter 16, what we find is David giving forth a psalm of praise, celebrating the Ark of the Covenant coming into Jerusalem. He's built a separate special tent for it. He's got it there. It's been a long journey. There's been some mishaps. There's been some difficulties, but he's finally succeeded. And when he does get the tabernacle there, when he does get the ark from within the tabernacle there into Jerusalem, as he begins this song, this psalm of praise, look with me at 1 Chronicles 16, verse 1. It says, so they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tent that David had pitched for it. And they offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings before God. And when David had made an end of offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And he dealt to every one of Israel, both men and women, to every one a loaf of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. And he appointed certain of the Levites to minister to before the ark of the Lord and to record and to thank and to praise the Lord and God of Israel. So what David has done is he has brought to Jerusalem the central point of worship for them to understand that they as a people, they as a nation, in fact, as we look at our text this morning, broader than just the Israelites, he's talking to all the world and calling them to worship the true and living God. 
So we pick it up in our text down in verse 23. And I want you to listen to what he says as he gives forth this psalm of praise. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Show forth from day to day his salvation. And I'm going to start there this morning because I want, I want you to understand why I'm coming to this text. At this time in our lives, at this time in our history, especially as Vermonters, we hear more and more and more about the adoration and worship of the earth. And more and more and more adoration and worship of the climate, our environment, all of those things. And we certainly have been called to be good stewards of what has been entrusted to us by God. He created the heavens and the earth and all things. But there's a balance in all things in life, isn't there? Between being a good steward and being a worshiper of that which we are stewards of. Here you find David calling all the earth, Vermonters, New Englanders, Americans, earth dwellers. He starts off in that verse 23, and he simply says, sing unto the Lord all the earth. So you and I, it's not that we are called to sing of the earth or to worship the earth. We, as all the people on the earth, are called to worship the Lord, the creator of the earth. It's important for us to keep perspective, to keep balance in all things, isn't it? I was talking to a gentleman the other day. We were talking about families and kids and raising kids and activities and things that you're doing. And in the course of the conversation, it was talked about, yeah, the challenge of finding balance today, isn't it? Whether it's, whether it's activities or, or whatever it may be, watching television or work, uh, just finding the balance of life. Well, here David is pointing us in a direction. He's pointing them all the way back at their time in a direction to understand the duty of all the earth. And he's going to lay out for us several things. He's going to tell us our duty is to declare God's glory. He's going to tell us our duty is to fear or recognize God. And he's going to tell us our duty is to give unto the Lord our due. To give unto him our adoration, our time, our worship. So as we look at verses 23, 24, and 25, we find that he really hones in on giving God his glory. He starts out by talking to us about singing. And it is important for us to understand the song on our tongue should honor God. But listen to what he says in these three verses. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Show forth from day to day his salvation. Declare his glory among the heathen. His marvelous works among all nations. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He also is to be feared above all gods. So he's honing in on getting his people to understand. It is time for us as a nation. It is time for us as a people. It is time for us who claim that we know and love God to declare glory in his name. He does start off with the singing part. And I think it's good for us to remember that singing and music 
It's ordained of God. It's a part of worship. It's part of our lives. Psalms 98 verses 4 through 6 says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Sing unto the Lord with the harp and with the harp and the voice of psalms. And he even goes down farther in the text talking about that. Music is a real part of our lives, a real part of our culture and society. But you do have to be a little bit careful, don't you, what you listen to. Uh, the other day I was working on a project and I had somebody showed me how to use Spotify. You know, you're never too old to learn something new. So I have this radio where I can put my phone on it and you put it on Spotify and I had it actually singing a mix of gospel songs and I was working on this project and all of a sudden this rapper comes on and he's rapping about all kinds of insanity. I thought, what in the world happened here? So I go up to my, where my phone's sitting on the radio and I pick it up and the thing's not even in English. It's some rapper group from over who knows some other part of the world and they have they have hacked my Spotify. <laughs> so I, I, there was a young guy there working too. And so I, I took it to him. I said, what's the deal? He says, oh yeah, that happens once in a while. It's happened to me too. They hack into your Spotify and they play what they want you to. Well, I don't want to listen to that stuff. It was not Christian music by any stretch. <laughs> and so I, he showed me how. I didn't even know how to get out of this because he had whatever. They had hacked right in there. And I just don't understand how that happens. But he showed me how to get out, put my music back to where I could do my project and worship my God with my own music. But music is a real part of who we are. And it goes all the way back through the scriptures, all the way into the New Testament. God calls us to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. We should be selective about the things we listen and put into our minds and into our lives. But we should also understand that absolutely singing and praising and glorifying God is a real part of our Christian lives. But look as we go down in verse 23. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Show forth from day to day his salvation. You and I that have received Christ as our Savior, you and I that claim to be born again, that have called upon the Lord, asked him to forgive us of our sins and to give us eternal life. He says, part of honoring God is telling others, declaring it, letting others know about the transformation in our lives. He says, show forth from day to day his salvation. It should be that while you're out and about doing what you do, that you're sharing with others the message of salvation, the message of hope that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. This world is in desperate need of hope. They've got stacked upon them all kinds of fears and worries about all kinds of crazy things. They need some hope to be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. So here you find David saying, not only are we singing unto the Lord and singing his praises day to day, we are sharing his salvation message. Look at verse 24. Declare his glory among the heathen, his marvelous works among all nations. All around you are people. You and I live in a very, very post-Christian culture here. They need to hear about the work and glory of God. 
Those people who you work at, work with, and, and those people who you go to school with, and those people who you rub shoulders with in your community. Not only do they need hope, they need to know where that hope came from. That hope comes from the Lord, from God, from your faith, from the strength of walking with him. And that's what David is saying here. He's saying, you and I need to go ahead and show forth his salvation. We need to declare his works. We need to let them know, as verse 25 tells us, that he is a great God. Look at verse 25. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. You and I, we have a truth. And that truth is that God works in and, heart, works in and through our hearts and lives. People need that truth all around you because they're struggling. The earth right now is not called to praise God. The earth right now amongst themselves is calling to praise themselves. But the problem is they themselves fail themselves. They need to know an all-powerful and great God who they can look to both in the good times and the bad times. Who that will walk through the very valley of the shadow of death. But as well will lead them beside the still waters and the green pastures. The God who is there through all things. This last week, Paula Jean's daughter had little twins. What, what are the twins' names? Caden and Carden. Caden and Carden? Carly. Carly. Okay, I couldn't hear it really good. Uh, but isn't that, isn't that such a marvelous miracle of life? Amen. Isn't it amazing? Little twins, Paula Jean already loves them to death because she's grandma. In our church, we have several ladies who are getting ready to have babies this spring and this summer. And we pray for them this, this morning in the Bible hour, I listed off the names. I said, pray for these young women. They're going to be having babies. What a miracle of gift. The miracle of life. Listen, we have a great God. We experience marvelous things from his creation and his work, his hand. You and I, we should declare those things and lift those things up. Even as David is doing here. He is celebrating the coming of the ark to Jerusalem. And in that, he wants declare, to declare the wonders of of his God. As we come down in the last part of verse 25, 26, and 27, he shifts a little bit. He shifts from declaring and singing and just praising God to challenging the people. Listen to what he says. Last part of verse 25 down through 27. He says to them, he also is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. Now you and I, sometimes when we read the words to fear God, we conjure up this, uh, this false impression that people are asking us to cower in a corner and be terrified of God. The word fear, to fear God is to reverence God, who he is, in comparison to who we are. We are not gods. 
We are creations of God. We're unique. We're human beings created in the very image of God. But we are not gods. So when we stand and look at who and what God is, God challenges us to reverence, stand in awe, to fear God. And so David, as he comes down, he's challenging his people. He's saying, it is time for us to get serious about our faith. It is time for us to fear the true and living God, to reverence, to stand in awe of this God. In verse 26, he gives them some clarification. And I think this clarification would be great for every generation. Look at verse 26, the very first phrase there. For all the gods of the people are idols. And if you look at that word gods in there, in the middle of that sentence, for all the gods, did you see that it's a lowercase g? Did you notice that? It's not an uppercase. And can somebody tell me what's the difference between uppercase God and lowercase God? Anybody can tell me? Yeah, it's, it's capital, it's his, it's his name, it's his identity. Lowercase, what? Everything else. Made by human hands. Yeah, it's just, it's just a general reference to not something living. And so he's saying to us, he's saying, hey, listen, it's time for us to get our attention on capital G God. The true and living, only living God. And never mind all these little gods that are made by man or conjured up or created or imagined who are just lowercase gods. He says they are merely what? Idols. Idols. Let's say that word one more time because we don't use that word much in the world we live in today. But let's say it again. What is the word? Idols. Idols. Now the amazing thing is you can create an idol out of almost anything, can't you? In the culture and world we live in today, somebody tell me, what do you think is an idol today in the world we live in? Sports. Somebody said over here, what? Sports. Sports can become an idol, can it? Somebody else, I think I heard somebody say TV. Uh, TV can become an idol. Where you just every day, I mean, man alive, you're punching out of work and you're rushing home to turn that thing on and you watch it until the time you go to bed. And you can name every single, what do they, they call them, celebrities. Sandra Joe and I go crazy. You know, she, she loves, uh, I think it's Wheel of Fortune. My granddaughter says, please, Nanny, let's not watch Wheel of Fortune. She doesn't call it Wheel of Fortune. She calls it the spinning game. Let's not watch the spinning game. But it drives us crazy when you try to watch something like that and it's celebrity. You know, we think, what do I care about celebrities? I don't care about celebrities. But our world cares, don't they? Yeah. And all of a sudden, they make them idols. Somebody else. Sports can become an idol. Uh, entertainment can become an idol. Money. money. Paula Jean says, oh, man, you can really make money an idol, can't you? Uh, in fact, the scriptures talk about that. Uh, you can't go ahead and make your whole life about money. Because one thing is for sure about money. Money can come and money can go. But the capital G God, God, is there forever. Somebody else, what are some of the things, Hannah? Your job, your work. 
your job, your work. Oh, absolutely. In the culture and world we live in today, some people, their entire identity is completely wrapped around what they do for a living. And they live for it. They'll sacrifice their families. They'll sacrifice anything just for their career. It's become their idol. Somebody else. Oh, we can make ourselves our own idol, can't we? Where we just, you know, everything is about us. The big eye. Um, all of a sudden, we are the most important thing in the world. And everybody needs to just drop at our feet. Absolutely, all around us. One more. Anybody else? The what? Possessions. Possessions. Sure. Where everything you have is the most important thing in your whole life. And you want more. Yeah, well, there's never enough. <laughs> so when you look at this, David is talking to a multi-generation problem. He's talking to the people of Israel. But he's really talking to all the people of the earth throughout all time. And that's because your scriptures are inspired by God. He's the one who inspired these words to be written down and given for every generation throughout time. And so when he makes this statement to us, he's making the statement for all of us, including us. For all the gods of the people are idols. But the Lord made the now that is a heavy statement. Because, because God sees things in all time. He knew that in the year 2023, Pastor Tim Taylor would be standing right here at Victory Baptist Church. And I would be reading this text. Now he could have gone ahead and he could have said, you know, God is the creator of all lakes. And in his day... Well, to create a lake is a big deal. And people would have said, well, yeah, God's the one who creates the lakes. But in our day and age, man, I can hire an excavator and I can create a pretty big lake if I could just get through the EPA. <laughs> you know, it, it, it happens, pardon? That's an act of God. <laughs> That's an act of God. Yeah. Absolutely. So when you look at this, God is thinking past this generation. And he's saying, I want you to understand who God really is. God's not just the God of the lakes and the seas. He is the God of the heavens. He created all that we see and know. Now, our generation wants to deny that. And they want to say, no, 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 no it just happened by an accident. But listen, anybody who is a serious thinker, if you sit down and think about this, the likelihood of all, including you and I, being an accident would be like me taking a box of junk, throwing it down here, and having it end up being my wristwatch. You know, it's just absurd. And the more you look at it, the more you understand it's absurd. It took that intelligent design of God to create what there is today. And that's what David is saying all the way back then. He's saying to you and I on the earth today. Listen, it is time to understand that it is God who created the heavens. Not us. So if you start getting tempted to worship the heavens, 
the ozone layer, the earth, the sea. He says, don't forget who created it. It's not that you shouldn't be a wise caretaker of all those things. I try to be a wise caretaker of my property. You know, when I was a boy, it was very common for people to drain the oil out of their vehicle and to go dump it in the gravel. That was pretty common among farmers and country people. I would never do that today. That's not good caretaking of my property. But neither am I going to go out there and worship my gravel either. You know, there's a balance in life, isn't there? Of being a good caretaker and understanding that my God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And I should exalt him and worship him. So David is saying, it is time to fear the Lord. Stand in awe of him. Stand in awe of who he is. For he is the living God. Verse 27 tells us glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. Strength and gladness are in his place. I want you to just kind of meditate on that for a second. Strength and gladness are in his place. You see, people are searching and seeking strength to get through day by day. And the gladness to enjoy that day. And God is saying, come. Come unto me, all you that are weary, and let me give you rest. He wants us to come to him for our strength and gladness. David, through the inspiration of God, is challenging every generation throughout time. To turn from the small g, lowercase gods of this world. And remember who the creator God is and stand in awe and wonder of him and all he offers. Then we come down to verses 28 and 29. And we find that he gives us the third, the third part of this section of praise. And he's going to talk to you and I about giving. Giving to the Lord. And I know I, I said that, that letter, that word, giving. And all of a sudden people are thinking, what? Is he going to reach into my pocket? You know, God, when it comes to giving, God is not always, he's not always talking about money. Now, we know that all things do cost something, don't they? New platforms, new carpet, whatever. But the reality is God wants more than our money. He wants our heart. That's really what he's after. Because the day we decide to give the Lord our heart, money becomes a side issue. Time becomes a side issue. We're then concerned about him. And that's what David is getting ready to do. Listen to what he says in verses 28 and 29. He says to us, give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. So David reaches out to his people. The people of the nation of Israel. At this time in David's life, he has only recently himself started building his own house. His own capital. His own presence 
as an internationally known king. Other kings are sending things to him to help him establish himself. And there are other kings who are rising up to war against him, to take, take away from him what he has. But here, David is calling his people, not to arms to go and defend him, not to bring him materials to build his glorious palace. No, he's calling them to come and give honor to God. Listen to what he says. He says, give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. So you and I living in the year 2023. You and I have come to worship God this morning. God does ask of us a, an offering. He says, I want you to come and give me glory. Glory is that ability of reaching up and saying, you are God and I am not. You are the creator of the heavens and the earth. I am not. You are the caretaker of all humanity through the generations. I am not. We give him the glory. The other day, I, I was talking to somebody in my office and we, and we were talking about forests. And uh, I can't remember exactly who the conversation was with. And they, they said to me, well, you know, back in the early 1900s, late 1800s, if you look at pictures, there's almost no woods in Vermont. In fact, New England as a whole was deforested during the 1800s, early, early 1900s. And so I was in my office and I have a map of the Virgins area back in those late 1800s and it looks out across Virgins and up into the valleys and mountains and there's only little sprigs of trees here and there. And you might say to yourself, well, didn't it make the world end? They cut down all those trees. Are we a new people? Did they recreate the earth? Well, what happened? Well, the God, the creator God, regrew all new trees. He, he built into the system this reproduction and this regrowth. And we now, living in the year 2023, we look back at those old maps and sketches and drawings and even some pictures. And what we should say, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Isn't it amazing? We now look at forested lands that give to us oxygen and all of that. Why? Because the creator God built into it a system to reproduce itself. It's incredible. It's amazing. Amen. And somebody else says, well, no, that's just nature. No, listen, who created nature? God. The God of the heavens. So he put into motion a machine and he deserves the glory. He deserves the glory. That is, what, that is what the song of praise is saying. He's saying, all you people, give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of people, all you people throughout all ages, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Do you know how we give God strength? Because God is all powerful. We can't add to his strength. But we can enable him to use us as strength. That's how we give God strength. Our presence, as we honor him and glorify him, 
increases his touch and his outreach into the hearts and lives of the people of this world. That's what the church is about. It is God who adds to the church. It is God who does that work to bring us together that we might do the work of God. And we become the strength of God as we go about his business in our lives. So he calls us. He says, give unto the Lord all ye kindreds of people throughout all time, glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name, he says in verse 29. But then we find David. He says, bring an offering and come before him. That is interesting. Of all that he talks about giving to God, he does touch upon when we come, when we come to worship, we should come and bring an offering unto him. You and I that are the children of God who have committed our hearts and lives to him, we bring our tithes and offerings and we put them in the offering plate and we invest them into God. Our church, we give, uh, we have online giving, all kinds of different ways. And our congregation is really very faithful about their giving to God. And I commend you. You that have not learned yet to trust God in your giving, truly as your pastor, I sympathize with the struggle that you face all the time. I would rather have the blessings of God in my life and have 90% of my income and give him 10 than for me to go ahead and rob him of his 10 and try to live on 100% without his blessing. So I understand the struggle. I really do. And I sympathize with you if you have not yet grown to that place where you're willing to trust the Lord in your offerings. But I'm telling you, as somebody, my whole married life, I received Christ at 16, didn't get serious about God till I was 19, married Sandra Joe and really got serious at 21. No, I'm just kidding. I was serious about God before I married Sandra Joe. But you know what? We have given unto the Lord our whole married life and before, both of us when we were single. And the Lord has never let us down. And David says to his people, come. Come, I've brought the Ark of the Covenant. I've brought that central place of worship to Jerusalem. Come, bring your offering along with your praise, along with your glory, along with your strength. Yes, bring an offering. Why? Because he wants to see the work of God go forward. He wants to see his people blessed by the Lord. He says, give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord the glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. I love that. <clears throat> Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. There is something beautiful about worship. Sometimes we take it for granted, don't we? We can become very comfortable with beautiful things and we forget how beautiful they really are. Carter grows beautiful flowers and he brings them once in a while to church, puts them on the welcome desk. Doesn't do it in the winter because they don't grow in the winter. <laughs> but in the summer he does that. And they're beautiful, aren't they? Some of you grow beautiful flowers in your gardens, don't you? But you know, sometimes you start walking by your gardens and you stop noticing, don't you? 
This morning, Sandra Joe and I, we were, I got up and I made my, every morning I have uh, shredded wheat with iced coffee on it. I know, you can talk to me about it later. But that's what I do every morning. And so I was looking out my windows out across the Adirondacks and this morning was an odd morning because there was like a white mist. Even though it was only 20 degrees out, there was this white fog that raised off of the valley. And so when I looked across my white fields into that white mist and over into the Adirondacks, I said, wow, that is beautiful. And as the sun was coming up behind me, it was glistening across the snow. And I said, Sandra Jo, come here and look out, look out the glass doors. And we looked into the snow and you could see diamonds glistening all in that snow. I don't do that every morning. But this morning, God just impressed on me how beautiful it was. Sometimes we take for granted how beautiful worship is. But here he tells us in verse 29, he says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. We have come together this morning. And we have come and done a beautiful thing. We have worshipped the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. I'm going to close this in prayer. And I think John has a, a closing chorus for you to sing as we go. Lord, I pray that you'd be with us as we go forth. Help us in every way to honor you in our homes, in our community. The need is so great. Help us as a church to be a church in unity as we exalt you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Majesty, worship his majesty. Unto Jesus be our glory.